Pastini is Eugene's new Italian bistro at Oakway Center, dedicated to serving up two of life's greatest pleasures, pasta and wine. Join them for classic favorites like spaghetti and meatballs, linguine with clams and sausage, and fettuccine Alfredo paired with hand-selected Pacific Northwest and Italian wines. Pastini. Eat pasta. Drink wine. Welcome to the Duck Pod. I'm Ryan Thorburn, joined by Austin Meek. Uh, we have a very special guest today, Rob Mullins. Oregon's athletic director, also known as the College Football Playoff Selection Committee chairman. Uh, Rob, it's that time of year. Just what's kind of your thoughts going into football season? Let's start with Oregon. Um, obviously, that's your main interest. Mario Cristobal's first year. There's some momentum brewing from what happened last December. Just what are you, kind of your thoughts on the 2018 season right now in August? Well, obviously it's an exciting time uh, with all of our fall sports kicking off, but I'm really excited about football and, and what Mario, you know, it all started with the team that he put together, the staff that he added uh, to the folks that were here, and then the support staff that he put around him, and really what he's gone about here in the offseason of building this special culture and to see the energy and the excitement from the student athletes each and every day, not just since we started practice, but, you know, going all the way back to December and January. Um, you know, I, I think there have been great progress and I think it's carried over into training camp. And now it's, we're getting pretty close to finding out what it looks like on Saturdays. Going back to December quickly. I mean, you were, you were dealt a tough hand with Willie Tiger going to Florida state. Um, you had the press conference that it's going to be a national search um, obviously, the players rallied around Mario, but what was it about your interactions with Mario that put him over the top of the other candidates? Well, I mean, obviously, we knew of Mario prior to hiring him as an assistant. He, you know, obviously, his experience as a student athlete, uh, then as a coach at a variety of stops. He had the head coaching experience at FIU, and then, as he likes to call it, the PhD uh, mm -hmm. under Nick Saban in Alabama. But as you guys have probably had a chance to experience, when you sit down with Mario, you know, every detail is covered. He thinks uh, strategically about the entire operation, not just about practice, not just about the football piece of it. Um, and in the end, too, his ability to build unique relationships with student athletes, again, thinking about the holistic student uh, was a piece. And, and, you know, he was able to articulate that vision from you know, recruiting to transition to college to helping them be their best you while they're here. Um, and then making them lifelong ducks really resonated. Did you get the sense that that he had been planning once he got that shot to have it all mapped out, to use that Ph.D. from Alabama and just hit the ground running? Absolutely. <laughs> He's very detail-oriented. So, you know, binder upon binder of everything. And he, he thinks of every detail. The thing that I love about him is – He's all about, uh, you know, continuous improvement, too. He's a continuous learner. He loves feedback. He loves constructive feedback. He's always thinking um, and observing, and are there ways to improve? And so uh, I've really come to appreciate that over the last six months. did a column last week about uh, season ticket sales and about um, some of the changes this year with the policies at Autzen. Um What's what's your feel for how um, for how ticket sales are progressing? Sounds like they're 
off pace from last year a little bit. Is that concerning at all? Uh, yes, it's always concerning, and it is a little off pace, and it, 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 it it's continuing a, a trend that we've seen. Now, we're off probably about 8% when you look at the total. Our renewal rate's kind of in the mid to upper 80s. When you add on new ticket sales, we're probably going to be down another 8%. Um, and as we've talked about, you know, football, particularly ticket sales and donations, are the lifeblood of this athletic department. We've been fortunate to have broad-based excellence, invest heavily in softball, in women's basketball, in a number of other sports, really off the back of football because, again, it generates 70% of our resources. So as we've seen this continuing trend, of course, it's concerning to us. And we're doing everything we can to address the fan experience and make sure that we reverse that trend. Yeah. What What are your sense of, of the factors that have played into that trend? You know, we hear a lot about the, the late kickoffs, uh, the cost of attending games. Some people talk about the atmosphere. Do you have internally a sense of how those different factors play together? Well, we try to do everything we can to gauge um, through survey instruments, um, through our interactions in every way possible. Uh, you probably hit on the big ones, obviously. I mean, there's a changing consumer. and uh, You know, this isn't unique to Eugene or even to college football. We're kind of seeing this across sports in general. Um, there's, you know, a 70-inch TV with the comforts of home that's creating a bit of a challenge. But, you know, when we when we do inquire, we do hear uh, kickoff times is a concern. Um, we, you know, cost is always, always a concern and then just overall experience. And so, you know, again, we're always looking at ways that we can address those, whether that's, you know, not changing ticket prices or, or making variable pricing or, you know, creating a, a concession, a $3 concession menu with a number of items is we're always trying to find ways to address, uh, the concerns and, and eliminate the barriers. What type of feedback have you gotten specifically on the changes in the policies that you announced? You know, a lot of people, it's just kind of a habit to go out in the parking lot at halftime. It's going to take some getting used to for those people. Um, what, what's been the feedback you've gotten so, on those? It, it, typically, when you make a change with something that's been in place for a long time, you get a mix. By and large, it's been very positive, particularly when you look at the security changes. You know, For, for folks that have attended events um, in professional sports or at other Power 5 schools, a clear bag policy and a no-entry policy is something that have been in place for a long time. And when we talk to security experts or hear security experts speak, you know, th- those were two pieces that we were kind of on the trailing edge of addressing. So when we address those, I think by and large, when, when people understand the why and how they're going to be implemented, they understand but we do hear from some folks who really want to go out and, and have that two or three beers at halftime <laughs> before they come back in who, who are disappointed. Yeah. And just to kind of remind people who may have forgotten, you guys had a home-and-home home schedule with Texas A&M that was to start this year. Obviously, they backed out. You had to scramble with your schedule. But I guess just talk a little bit about that. And obviously, you've announced some big-time opponents down the road and, and just kind of your philosophy scheduling Oregon football in this new playoff era yeah our philosophy has been you know somewhat the same even going back to the bcs era and that is you know we kind of do the abc you know we already have non-conference games in the pac-12 uh we've worked hard to layer in another power five home and home opponent that would be attractive to our fans um as well as gain some national exposure we also try to have a group of five opponent preferably with the west coast slant um and then we've uh, continue to play an FCS opponent. We're fortunate that we have some very strong FCS conferences on the West Coast. Um, as you noted, that you know we did have we did inherit a Texas A&M contract that did give them an out at no penalty if they changed leagues, and when they moved to the SEC, they exercised that clause. Uh, 
in a, at a very late time frame, which puts us in a very difficult situation of trying to fill two specific dates on short notice. Um, you know, San Jose State did have an opening. You know, we paid above what we would normally pay in a guarantee because that was the only option for us. Uh, and then we were fortunate enough in 19 to be able to have that opening in Dallas to be able to play Auburn. Um, we have been able to add, you know, we're, we're now out through, I think, 2030 with a pretty strong A opponent um, and even some very strong, you know, what you would call group of five opponents, you know, Boise, Hawaii, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we filled that slate pretty well, you know, again, to make an attractive opportunity for our fans, not only at Autzen, but a unique travel experience, too. You've announced both some home-and-home series and then also some neutral site games, the Georgia game and 22 and the Auburn game. What's what's the decision-making process when you're looking at whether or not to do one of those neutral site games versus being able to have that game on campus, which is attractive in the in the season ticket package? Our preference is always to do a home-and-home. Autzen is such a unique experience. So we, we always start with trying to have an opportunity for a home-and-home because we love Autzen. We think it's a unique fan experience, and you know we like to have those experiences on the road as well. Michigan State, Tennessee, uh, Virginia, um, but those are hard to come by. Um, and the way our schedule broke because of the Texas A&M issue, and then because we had the odd year in '22 where we had a bit of an opening, we've sought opportunities where we can go to, uh, you know, kind of a major marquee kickoff event against a high-level opponent national exposure, unique experience in an NFL stadium, um, and quite frankly, a, a payday that really helps our budget. Uh, in terms of the playoff, obviously Washington, you know, ESPN questioned their non-conference schedule last year. Do you feel like, though, that nine conference games, regardless of who you play, you're going to be in the mix if you take care of business? Or do you think you need you know, a power five team in non-conference as a Pac-12 member. Yeah, that's such a local decision and each year is so unique. I mean, again, our model here at Oregon has been, you know, we have our nine league games and you know, we like having that, what, what, what would be an 11th game if you make the Pac-12 um, championship yeah. game. So, um, you know, we, we strength of schedule does matter. Um, we've tried to find the right balance in addition to the nine games to have that, that other power five opponent and you know we're scheduling so far out now it's hard yeah. to predict where where people's you know how they're going to impact your strength of schedule but we do the best that we can is it frustrating that the sec you know kind of has some cupcakes mixed in down the stretch and only plays eight conference games or is that just part of the fabric of college football and the arguments and all that stuff? again i think it's a very local decision yeah. um and in the pac-12 we have those conversations and we'll continue to have those conversations of what's best for our league and um you know it's something that you just have to monitor from year to year but i i don't think there's one formula and i, I again i think each year in college football is so unique um that it's hard to say you know here's a blank that's going to last forever Best case scenario, I guess you'd like to get out of the room and have them debate how I would. Your schedule. I would love to be recused um, <laughs> as much as possible and as early in the meeting as possible, which means we're further up the ranking. And plus, they have bacon out there in that I, lobby because I've that, been to that. That has become legendary, uh, but I have not been able to enjoy any of the post-meeting bacon. So I would like to. <laughs> Back to Oregon, one thing I think that's very interesting, obviously Chip Kelly established um, the identity of the up-tempo offense, uh, the speed, 
and all that, the spread offense. He was ahead of the curve on that. Oregon was ahead of the curve on that. Everyone's copied that. So now Mario comes in and he wants to have these bigger people, and you've seen them walking around. <laughs> You're, you have to feed these guys. <laughs> yes. um, how do you think that's going to mesh? Because obviously Arroyo and Mario still want the tempo and that identity, but they also want to push people around. How do you think that's going to – the identity of the program will be going forward? Well, I mean tempo, innovation, um, speed is always going to be a part of the program. But when you add the element – to be able to add power to it, it makes you more versatile. And as we saw, even when we were having you know, this incredible success with our innovation speed and tempo, you know, we did have some issues with when we played some teams that you know really dominated the line of scrimmage. So hopefully, this shift will allow us to, when we get in those situations, uh, be versatile enough to be able to play either style effectively. Rob, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Football season opener, few uh, few days away. We're excited for it. So thanks for your time. Well, I sure appreciate you guys having me. And appreciate what you do.